Families podcast. I'm Leonie Smith, sometimes known as the Cyber Safety Lady. I'm a cyber safety educator and this podcast is all about learning how to use the digital technology in our homes with more safety and balance. My guest today is one of Australia's leading cyber safety educators, Paul Litherland from Surf Online Safe over in Perth. Paul was a Western Australian police officer for 21 years, from 1993 to 2014, working in a diverse range of fields during a decorated career. Paul worked within the Technology Crime Investigation Unit, we're going to ask him about that, for the last five years of his service, and he now works as a full-time cyber safety educator in Perth. Welcome to the Digital Families podcast, Paul. Thanks for having me. How are you, Leonie? Well, we're surviving over here. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Perth sounds like paradise to, to us over here in Sydney. Yeah, it, it must be heartbreaking, but hopefully uh, things start to pick up soon. So all the best to, to Sydney. Sydney siders and New South Wales people. Hopefully things set, settle down soon. Thank you for that, Paul. So, Paul, um, tell us about a little bit about your background. Um, it sounds fascinating, the Technology Crime Investigation Unit. Um, what led you to where you are now, being a full-time cyber safety educator? I, I just, when I was working at Tech Crime, um, our office was dealing with quite a large number of online crimes, um, scams, hacking, nudes, cyberbullying. And, and, and what I, I found quite significantly through that time, that five years in particular, is there was no one really out there protecting our kids in regards to... Um, oh, sorry. <laughs> I'm, at, I'm currently at a school at the moment and the siren's just gone. So, oh, um, that's the siren. That. <laughs> I'll leave that in. That adds atmosphere. <laughs> yeah, I know about um, those sirens. They usually pop up right in the middle of a, of a yeah, presentation. Um, there was um, <laughs> one at a school I was at last week which um, played uh, Aha Take On Me, which was um, brilliant. It was It's my favourite song. So, um, yeah, so I just, I got really frustrated with how poorly the networks um, were providing information and, and helping us protect kids in that environment. So mm. um, it felt like we were really banging ahead against a brick wall as police officers trying to get information out of the network. So no one was really protecting kids. So I felt there was a need to get out and educate. Um, mm-hmm. So I started doing a couple of presentations at some of my my local schools in 2010 and and before you know it, um, 550 schools later, here we are. So, um, yeah, just I, I just found a little uh, niche and a, a need to educate. Um, that's absolutely true. And I can remember the, that, that period of time as well um, in, in my own career and um, what was available at the, at the time, which is a similar reason for why I got into it. But mine was primarily as a, as a mum of kids and also I had – um, clients that I was teaching about social media and I realised they knew absolutely nothing about yeah. cybersecurity. They were just yeah. putting all this personal information out and mixing their professional life and their personal life. And so I would say, right, we're going to do um, a cyber security and cyber safety uh, part of the, the course that I was giving them and they'd roll their eyes like this because yep. uh, nothing had ever happened so far to them. And then you know, I was getting all these calls with people that were getting their um, all kinds of um, things like getting their accounts hacked because they had poor password practices and identity theft and all this kind of stuff. And it, it took off from there. So I, I absolutely understand what you're talking about there. Um, 
I was also going to ask you about how it is over there in Perth. I know you haven't been um, experiencing the same level of lockdowns and everything, but what have you noticed, Paul, over the last uh, 18 months or however long we've been in COVID? What's what's really going on for you in the space that you work in as far as the the main issues? Yeah, for, for me and for, for, I'm assuming for most cyber safety educators is is obviously the, the longer period of time our kids and, and all people in the country have really been online. So we've been stuck at home in lockdown and, and we've been on devices a lot more. We've been experiencing um, uh, fatigue, I suppose, in, in, in for want of a better word, in the online world. So as a result of that increase in time, our, our factors, uh, our risk factors have increased significantly as well. So, um, but for me, one of the biggest things I've found is that just the huge increase in the number of our children who are spending so much more time online when they would have been at school, um, in schoolyards mucking around, as opposed to that, they're stuck at home. Um, many parents also were still working. So kids were sort of unsupervised at times as well, or being cared by uh, older Australians who, who don't have that that technological sort of um, uh, knowledge in regards to what kids are doing online. So we, we saw a, a big peak in, in that, um, but but I, I also saw a positive here and, and, and you guys hopefully will no doubt see that uh, over the next few weeks, hopefully once things start to settle down, is, is we also saw some positives in the fact that kids actually got sick or tired of being on their devices and, mm. and they were great, happy to get back to school and, and interact in the real world. So. I think as much as lockdown has been a negative, it's also been a positive in, in that regard. So kids are starting to see the real world now, which is great as opposed to sitting on a screen. So um, yeah, risks is, risk is always increasing, but um, yeah, it seems that uh, we're trying to control that is, is quite difficult in the modern times. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what uh, have you seen in your time in working in the online space as a police officer and now as a cyber safety educator, Paul, um, what is the most frightening change that you've seen with kids being online? For me, it's just the, the volume. Um, we're, we're seeing kids now, and, and Leona, it seems like almost every year I do these presentations, kids are getting online younger and younger. Yeah. Not only they're getting on younger and younger, they're obviously working in environments that they never, ever did 10 or 15 years ago. So that trend is, is one of the biggest concerns I think we're all having. Um, I mean, gaming has gone absolutely crazy. So kids have been gaming for a while, but significant trends there are changing is number one, in, in 2005, only 9% of our kids were making purchases online um, in gaming environments. Now that's at 60%. In 2005, only seven to 8% of our kids were talking to strangers in gaming environments. Now that's a, a whopping 88%. So the, the huge rise in kids interacting in environments they never have in the past it is one of the most significant factors we're facing now. So their playgrounds have changed massively. And as parents trying to control that is, is quite difficult. And, and, and you, you made um, reference to that in, in your intro um, about your experiences. The, the gap between parents not knowing stuff and kids knowing stuff these days is huge. So trying to close that is is very difficult. Um, so yeah, our kids are hugely in environments in environments now where they're just not assessing risk and and they're getting caught out and targeted in much huger numbers than they ever have in the past. Yeah, totally agree with you there, Paul. And one of the things that um, I've been banging on 
about for many, many years is because I was heavily involved in the online virtual worlds and, and gaming um, since 2006, what I've been watching um, is the explosion of online uh, virtual worlds and gaming and and it's largely gone under the radar by a, a lot of people uh, where they're focusing um, on mainly social media and the effect of social media on kids and the whole way underneath there's this growth of, of online gaming and um, it's still not really, really being addressed as much as social media and one of the things I read in your latest newsletter um, was about the issue of scamming in online games. Um, could you just tell us a little bit more about your observations on on the scams and and what kids are facing in these online games? And and that is one of the most significant factors. In in fact, it's, I'd, I'd reference the fact that statistically, it's probably one of the highest rising crimes in in the world at the moment is kids being targeted by online fraud. Now it's hard to really reference that because. Statistically, children won't report when things go wrong. But um, I mean, most of our games now have an online currency, Fortnite, V-Bucks, uh, Roblox, Robux, uh, Minecoin and all that sort of stuff. So the fact, and, and if I walked into tech crime my first day in 2008 and my boss said to me, Paul, in 12 years time, you're gonna be speaking to year five and sixes about being scammed. There is no way in the world I would have believed him because kids that age weren't online, let alone gaming and making purchases. So as a result of that, uh, and only 27% of our children now under the age of 15 have access to a credit card. That's permitted access. So as a result of that, that's our kids are nuts, isn't it? Crazy. It is crazy. And and um and that's not their own credit home. card either, no, Paul. Well, well, <laughs> 12-year-olds, one would hope not. But so parents are going, yes, mate, no worries, you can make a purchase, but 20 bucks, that's it, you delete the details. But as a result of that, um, again, kids are now in environments where they are going to be targeted. And, and don't get me wrong, I mean, there's plenty of scammers still out there targeting adults, but um, they, they are now starting to target children in huge numbers, not large amounts of money, but small amounts of money, mm. larger numbers of victims, because the kid mm. might make a purchase of V-Bucks, 14 or $12.95, um, and they might get ripped off because they've gone to a fake website promising um, the purchase when the kid won't get their V-Bucks. So the parent thinks, oh, that $12.95 is the permitted permission or the permitted purchase I, I let my kid do. But the kid will say, mum and dad, I won't say I, I never received it. So they're getting ripped off. So, so those environments are huge. Um, Among Us is another big game. Um, I've found a number of fake websites selling um, or, or sorry, fraudulent websites selling fake pets um, and, and hats. So kids are getting sucked into that that yeah. world where they just don't have the cognitive um, risk assessment that an adult would have. And, and I say it all the time, and I'll say it today at the school I'm at today, is kids, there's a saying in the adult world, if it seems too good to be true, it usually is. And But kids don't have that risk assessment. Um, and, and this is why scammers are targeting them in huge numbers because... Um, they've identified quite succinctly that, that there's, an, there's a market there for kids um, making these purchases. So, so that is one of the significant trends I've seen quite hugely. Um, and it, it's set to continue to increase. Um, so, so what do we do? We just have to educate and, and talk to parents about those risks and, and the kids themselves. 
Yeah, the, I'm just listening to what you're saying. Um, I know a lot of kids are the scammers themselves, so there's kids ripping off other other kids. And the thing sure. is with those micropayments, Paul, is that um, parents sometimes don't even notice that they're coming out no. of their account. And yeah. if they do find that the, that the child has racked up a couple of thousand bucks, parents are often so mortified that that, that has happened that they won't tell anyone either. It's not even just yeah. the kids not telling parents. Yeah. It's the parents yeah. not reporting um, the incidents of, of yeah. cybercrime because they're embarrassed and they feel like they've been a bad parent. Yeah, and, and, and that's one of those significant factors is the fact that, I mean, if someone's going to get ripped off five grand, ten grand, they're going to report that. Of course they will, um, an adult or a senior. But if, if a kid has been ripped off five bucks, two bucks or ten bucks, they won't tell the parent. A parent might identify it, as you suggest, on the card, but they'll go, oh, whatever, I'll just... I'll kick him off the PlayStation and I'll just co concede defeat. So um, that that trend is, is mm. as I said, continuing to rise. And um, and like I said, I mean, not even credit cards, kids will be making, uh, getting a prepaid card for Christmas and uh, mm. 50 bucks here, 60 bucks there. And and three weeks later, the parent will ask, yeah. well, how much have you got left on your card? And the kid will go, oh, nothing, because they've they've been ripped off and they've yeah. lost money. So and PayPal accounts are dangerous yep. as well, yeah, giving your yeah. kid access to your PayPal. And, and it's, um, it's a huge trend. And um, I mean, I feel empathy for kids because there's that that rush. And, and, and Leonie, I get frustrated because the networks that are being created for our kids are, um, it's almost being rammed down their throat. And, oh, yes. Yeah. And it's, it's hard. So, um, and well, there was that, a, that's, that's an important point there, Paul. I mean, the platforms themselves have a huge responsibility in this. When I go in and play Roblox, which I do from time to time, you just hit with pop-ups all the time to spend money and you can't right. progress to the next level until you spend money. Same with, with Fortnite, which is just a money pit. There's always something new to spend money on. Yeah. So, and, and it, I think... And that ethical design, we, as we're all pushing for now in Australia and globally, is it's got to change. And it's... I mean, I, I use a quick example. There was a... I mean, I'm not a follower of, of American basketball, but there was a, a basketballer um, a few years ago um, whose son made a purchase, I think it was about $12,000 US over a, a period of three or four weeks on, on Fortnite. And, and he copped a fair bit of pla uh, flack as a, a parent, what are you doing, blah, blah, blah. And I, I copped that to a degree. Um, I mean, he's a, obviously a millionaire, so that amount of money is not as huge. But, but for us, that would be maybe 400 bucks, 500 bucks. But my, my question was, okay, no worries, fair enough. Yes, a parent should be taking responsibility. But why, why did no one at Fortnite make contact with that cardholder and go, look, mm -hmm. there's been a few spends, blah, blah, blah. They know yeah. Fortnite's used by children. Um, yeah. Why didn't the bank go, okay, yes. mate, um, yes. what's going on? So, and I get frustrated because some educators mm -hmm. will go, where are the parents? Where are the parents? Well, hold on. You could be with your kid um, yeah. as often as you can and, and have that instruction. But these playgrounds need to start taking more responsibility because we can't be with them every second of the day. They'll mm. take risks. If your kid mm. stuff's online, it doesn't mean you're a bad parent. It just means we've got to get up to speed. And, and that's why mm. I just get so frustrated with these environments because they're going, here you go, here's a playground, oh, but we're not going to take responsibility. That's your job as a parent. That and the other, thing, the other thing, Paul, that worries me um, is that so many of the games, even if they're not charging the kids money, have money money visualization stuff in it so there's a lot of collect all these coins it's just it's a, it's a yeah. gambling 
environment for a lot of kids where to progress through the game, whether it's you're playing Mario Kart or whatever, there's all this sort of um, going past and collecting coins and it's this this whole money thing. And I think it's really quite sickening to see kids encouraged to play those kinds of games as well. So it's the whole environment and culture, isn't it? And and yeah. what why what makes these games addictive so that when they do get into an environment where they can actually spend money, it's just second nature. They've already been acclimatised to it. Yeah. And that's where it gets difficult because you're sort of on the back foot. And, and hey, fair, fair, I mean, I've been gaming for years and, and we get that, we understand that, but we need opportunity to go, okay, let's just reset, refocus. Let's not use it as a key, a key target point in, in, in design to, to suck people in and to keep them in. Mean, of course, they want them to keep playing their game, but mm. um, just, just cut us some slack. I mean, if a kid's been playing Fortnite for, for three hours straight, how about we kick him off the server? Don't allow him to, to to jump online. Yeah, no worries. He can he might be able to. If he's techie. He'll get a VPN and he'll change his IP. But give us a hand. Um, uh, and and it's it's hard. It's hard. But we've just got to continue. And this is where education is so important. Put that onus back onto the kids to say, okay, yeah. let's take ownership of that and 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 have fun. But let's look at the the big picture and and understand risk and and that's what it's all about for me. And I mean, I, I don't call it cyber safety to a degree, and I respect that term. Don't get me wrong, um, but I call it instant awareness. Become aware of 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 the structure and design of social networking and gaming, and mm-hmm. accept it and 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 work in those boundaries and understand that they're there for a reason. Um, but we yeah. can still have fun, but just respect our playgrounds. And that's what I hit pretty hard with all the kids I speak to. Yeah, and the the other story that I was uh, reading from you on your newsletter was also about the issue of sextortion, um, and um, it's a, it's a term that not a lot of people understand what it is. Sometimes I'll say to teens, uh, I'll mention the word sextortion, and they look at me with confusion. I'm going, guys, figure it out. Oh yeah, yeah. it's sex yeah. and extortion together. Can you talk a little bit about what your experience has been with that and what changes you've seen over your time? Because I'm, I'm pretty sure it's, it's something that popped up probably when you were in, um, when you were working for the police. What's yes, going on yeah. now as far as your awareness goes with that? And, and again, one of the major trends we've seen um, with sextortion, so people being extorted with for sexual content um, in regards to getting their gear off in front of a camera, um, talking to a scammer who they may well have thought was just some random who's never going to expose me, um, blah, blah, blah. But um, what I've seen a massive trend is, again, younger people getting caught out, especially our males, our young boys, because they'll take higher risk on cameras, um, especially randoms. Um, but six or seven or even probably eight years ago, the only people really getting caught out on sextortion in, in web chat sites would be adult males, 24 and above. Mm. Um, on Skype. But the positive, yes, yes. So the, but the positive we the had there is, where, mm. is when they got caught out, mm. those adults would report. In fact, that was a high number, 72 to 80% would report. But what we've seen now, again, is another shift where uh, kids are being targeted on, on sites like Chat Roulette, Fring and, and Omegle, which I talk about quite heavily, mm. is, um, again, our scammers are now targeting, starting to target juveniles and teenagers because they know they won't report. So, again, the availability of these networks for kids to get access to them is huge. And and I equate that to when we were kids, Leonie, if um, predators would hang around shopping centres and schoolyards. Um, but now that world has increased significantly with the with the built uh, the, the growth of the internet. So 
um, the playgrounds for predators to work in have increased significantly. So what I've seen is a huge rise in the number of young boys who are using sites to interact with females, thinking they're chatting with a random, they'll interact sexually um, and then think that's it, that's the end of the chat. Um, mm. When that, that person they're speaking to is more than likely going to be a scammer, they'll record them um, doing uh, their business and then next thing you know, they stream that back to them in the cam and pay me money or or I'll send this to your parents. So that has increased significantly in Australia. And I think it's, again, another one of those incidents statistically, which is hard to really pinpoint because many victims won't report. So uh, I had one young boy only recently in November of last year at one of my all boys schools who got caught out. Um, he had a credit card because he's a boarder. Parents give him a card with a $500 limit. Uh, he got caught out on Omegle and read out the card details and and they lost the 500 bucks. So it wasn't until the next day, parents read the card and give him a call and the poor young fella's got to confess what happened. And, and that's heartbreaking um, for, for anyone to go through. So uh, it's it's And you never know what's, what, what's happened to the, the video of the, the yeah. recording as well, which is a really scary thing. Um, the other thing, um, and you mentioned that platform Omegle, which uh, I've also been warning parents about is that there's a massive link between Omegle and TikTok, yeah. as you're probably aware of, you know, where they're actually filming kids interacting with randoms on Omegle. Though yeah. Omegle for parents is not an app, it's an actual web browsing platform that's been around for a long yeah. time and it comes and goes in popularity. It's probably the most, other than OnlyFans, dangerous platform out yeah. there for kids where you basically create an account and it just randomly uh, puts you in touch with somebody on the other side of the camera. And within about four or five minutes, you're going to have somebody masturbating in front of your child. Yeah. But what's happening on TikTok, Paul, is even though they're trying to limit it on TikTok by banning some of the hashtags, kids are using it, filming themselves on TikTok, which means it's being advertised to even more kids through yep. TikTok. Yep. So we've seen this <clears throat> exponential rise in the use of Omegle because of, yeah. of apps like TikTok and Snapchat that are publicising pranks and yeah. stuff. Yeah, and our influencers are pushing kids to or followers to, to the network as well because um, it's, it's, a, it's a chat roulette basically. So if our influencers mm. jump onto the network, young teens will go, oh, I'm going to jump onto Omegle and hopefully I might see that influencers cam come up. So, again, it's almost a, that entrapment sort of, um, degree to, to get kids into the network and of course all of a sudden in order to get to that camera they've got to flick through so many others and most sessions today on Omegle between 55 and 65,000 people on them and as you say it's uh, cam after cam of adult males um, with their with their gear out for want of a better terminology mm. um, interacting with people on the network so it's it, it is one of the worst I've ever seen and and it's been around mm. since 2009 and, mm. and and again I asked the question yes no worries there's terms and conditions I get they shouldn't be on it kids but um, how can a playground like that exist in in 2021 with with all we know about online safety and security it's it's very frustrating but and this is well they get around so it by not having an app Paul. You know, for sure. if they if for there sure. was an app, uh, they wouldn't be allowed on a lot of the sites. So they've kept yeah. it on a browser, haven't they? For sure, for sure. Yeah. And that again reflects their their ethos and their um, their credibility. Yeah. So um, 
but I won't go into Mr. Brooks. Um, he's a very frustrating person from my perspective. So, but anyway. Yeah, I know so you've we- been you've been on a campaign over Amigal. Yeah, yeah. Which was yeah, chat roulette was the first one that came out. I remember that way back as well. And then Amigal basically ripped it off. I can't even remember if they were connected, chat roulette and Amigal. Uh, no, they weren't originally. But again, no. that but it's it continues, it's cyclic. I mean, so Amigal hopefully will die off eventually, but the next one will come up. So this is why, again, for me, that education is so important mm. and that awareness. It's so for me, it's it's not what we use, it's how we use so um and again in the meantime what i'm doing now uh, in australia is to try to push the networks um to to be more responsible yeah. to take more ethical yeah. approach to to how they design their stuff um because they, they know damn well they've got people on their network but they kids on their network but they just refuse to to really ethically um police that so that's where we need to change yeah. massively um in a, in globally not just in australia Anything that advertises itself with the tagline, talk to strangers, big Bingo. red flag there. Yeah. And yeah. what have we been saying to our children for centuries? Um, and and that's, that is the slap in the face. And, and that's why I get so frustrated with the network because, mm. wow, that's that's almost given, given the finger to parents or, or, or users to go, mm. uh, you're on your own. Okay, we don't have an issue. And, and in their terms and conditions, it actually says users enter at their own peril, not risk. What? The interesting Carol. thing I've noticed over the over the centuries, <laughs> Paul, is parents' willingness to allow their kids to talk to strangers because a parent, like a child, will look over a child's shoulder and see an avatar instead of a, a human being on the other side of the screen. And even though they'll say, well, who's that? And, that, and the child will say, oh, it's just somebody I play with every afternoon. Mm-hmm. In parents' minds, I've actually had parents who've come up to me and said, I don't have a problem with my child playing with other people online that I personally don't know because I can't Mm. see how that can be harmful. So Mm. there's been a real shift in parents also um, with that lack of awareness of what kind of harm could come to their child by um, playing with, interacting with someone that is totally not connected with their community or their family, an utter stranger. Yeah, and and that, again, that design flaw is is something that needs to be addressed and and but it's difficult um leone and and as a gamer myself uh, for a number of years and and it sounds this sounds like a very negative statement and it sounds like a frustrating statement for an educator to say but i'll, I'll ask a group of techie kids a year six or seven students and i'll go right hands up if you agree with me with this statement and and the statement is i don't believe you can play games in 2021 and have the best fun without talking to strangers and mm. and a lot of hands go up a lot of hands go up. So we've built that culture. Mm. Um, most of our games, in fact, the vast majority of have that online server mm. capability to interact with randoms. So I, I, with, with respect to educators, here we go again. <laughs> um, with respect to educators, um, I think we need to concede defeat there that that's happening. Mm. In the meantime, let's push the networks to be more responsible in regards to design to stop that happening or at least put things in place to minimise risk. But, again, we're being left on our own because that capability is so strong. So we need to change that. We need to change that. We need to... But, again, this is where the education to the kids is so important because they will interact. They will chat with randoms. So we talk about keep your information safe, keep your information private, don't give away content which can identify you. In the Mm -hmm. meantime... Um, we work in the background to stop 
to stop that or minimise that that interaction happening. But I, I really don't think that is going to change. What I do hope will change is the ability to police um, more actively who is accessing these networks. So um, we'll be able to identify scammers and predators working in this network and in these networks. And ideally, in the perfect world, I think we're a fair way off yet. But yeah, okay, we can pretty much guarantee that. If a 14-year-old's playing a game, um, he's pretty much talking to 14-year-olds or 13-year-olds or 12-year-olds, and that risk will hopefully minimise. Um, but I, I, I see that a long way off, unfortunately. So Yeah, I can't uh, see me, an again, answer for that either, Paul. It's one of the big problems I have with Roblox no. is the whole game is just geared towards yeah. kids making um, friends with people they don't know. It's just encouraged all the way through the game. And then they get into another environment like a social media environment and that's, and that's normalised. All of that yep. meeting strangers normal. online is normalised and it, they're being encouraged to do it at the age of six and seven when they first start playing yep. Roblox. Yep. Um, and the yeah, design yeah. of that has to change. It's entrapment. It's, well, it's entrapment. just unfair. And as much yeah. as we can um, tell, try and teach children and, and support with all the parents in the schools that we go to and um, not to give away certain private information. There's no getting around that they're not adults and even adults, when you warn them about stuff like that, drop their guard down. Kids are kids. They'll hear it and they'll parrot it back to you, won't they, Paul? They'll put their hands up and tell you exactly what you want to hear and then go on and play with people they don't know because the predators, and I don't have to tell you this, are so smart at picking the right kid and saying the yeah. right thing to gain that trust. And they're, and they're very good. And they're very good. Mm. And this is why those vulnerabilities for the kids, just they don't get it. They think they're equipped and, and I try to give them the right advice to understand and assess risk. But for me, it's about just really taking the time to slow down and, and have a look at your playgrounds, that, that awareness and assessment mm. of risk. And if we can mm. shift that, I reckon it'll minimise um, kids getting approached yeah and again we can see defeat it's horrible to say it but kids will be interacting with randoms uh, I think we need to accept that but let's give them the tools to assess the risk mm. in that um, and to give them those opportunities to be guarded in, in regards to the content and information they're sharing mm. and that ident- identifiability nature so if we can lock that down I reckon we'll go a long way in protecting kids in gaming environments yeah because they really at the moment with lockdown and everything I know for a lot of parents, online games have been, uh, you know, a lifesaver. Um, mm. But, you know, they, some of the gaming platforms really need to pick up their act. You know, at least with Minecraft, you've got opportunities to have private servers, single play, all that kind of stuff. And some of the other ones need to, you know, follow suit. They need to get better. Yeah, they need Absolutely. to get Absolutely. Thank you so much for your time today. Um, and taking time out of your work there in the school that you're visiting, giving one of your amazing talks to the kids over there, Paul. Um, and, yeah, wish we were all in, in Perth at the moment with <laughs> being out of lockdown. Yep. Uh, do you have any final we're words? we a lot of more ad- sun as well, which is great, so um, it's oh. pretty good. Do you have any final words of advice for families during, a, you know, over here, stuck, stuck indoors during this, you know, very worrying time? Yeah, I mean, the big one for me, Leonie, and, and no doubt you'd, you'd um, promote this as well. It's the biggest thing for me is just conversations. Get into your kids' world, okay? Mm. Um, don't just sit out and go, oh, she'll be right, she'll be right. I don't need to worry because they're a good kid because they'll make mistakes, they'll they'll make errors of judgment. So for me, so much of it's conversations. And I know that sounds defeatist. Um, as cyber safety educators, people think we're going to flick a switch and everything will be solved and there's going to be no issues. But so much of what I talk about comes back to that. 
if we can have conversations, um, we are going to be halfway there. Get into your kid's world, sit down with them on a game and, and get to feel for their interaction. Um, but having said that as well, um, pushing to the kids, um, I say to them, when I talk to your parents, I'm going to bat on about talk to kids, talk to kids. Kids talk to parents as well. Okay, yeah. so have conversations with mum and dad and not just when things go wrong, talk to them about what you're doing so we can get that middle ground, get both parties to come together. Mm. That education side of things, that conversational side of things will, will help yep. when things go wrong. Yep. Um, in the meantime, we all push for, for the networks to, to get better. So um, those conversations hopefully don't have to be so, so negative. Um, so for me, that's what it's all about. Look after each other and, and hopefully we'll, we'll get through it all. Thank you, Paul Litherland, for being on Digital Families today and have a lovely day. You too, mate. All the very best. And as I said, again, um, all the best to Sydney size and New South Wales uh, people. Hopefully things start to settle down soon. All the very best, guys. Thank you so much. Thank you. And if any of these issues mentioned have raised any concerns for you, you can contact Beyond Blue on 1300 224636, Lifeline on 13 11 14, or the Kids Helpline on 1300 1352 thanks for listening to the digital families podcast if you like this podcast leave us a review or some feedback on youtube or your favorite podcast app however you're hearing us i'd love to hear what you think and maybe you've got a suggestion for a potential guest next time tune in again next time for our next chat all about things digital and how it affects families